You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong Podcast, presented by Steel Maggie, episode number 27. Hi, my beautiful creators. How are you doing? I am Steel Maggie, and today you are listening to Mind Made Wrong with my gorgeous, beautiful, amazing, motherfucking amazing friend, Miss Adriana Ines from the band Girl Hazel. And she is here to tell you all about herself, all about how the moment when she felt her mind was made wrong. Maybe, maybe several moments, because we've talked about this earlier, but there's, there's, she's going to talk, she's going to tell you how she went through it and how she has gotten to this point in her career and in her personal life, in her soul. Okay. So how about you introduce yourself, Miss Adriana? Hi. Yes. I'm Adriana, Mm -hmm. again, from Girl Hazel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a musician and visual artist uh, based out of LA. Um, I direct, I do photography, I do all, any skill you could possibly want, um, just because I like to do everything and plan on doing that for the rest of my life. Um, Thank you so much for having me on. (laughs) I'm very, very excited to talk about all of this. Um, And I almost forgot, um, if you want to find me online, you can find me at Girl Hazel Band on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, too, if that's still a thing. And, uh, yeah. What about YouTube, Spotify? You're all, are you on the said channels? We do have a YouTube currently. We've got a couple live videos on there. That's also Girl Hazel or Girl Mm -hmm. Hazel Band. Live. Yeah, Ooh. we have uh, live sessions. We don't have any recorded music out because it's because. coming out extremely soon. Um, and that will be on Spotify and uh, Apple Music, all the streaming services that you know and love. Um, like 2020 it, soon? Oh, yeah. Like Okay. No, well, actually like 2019 soon. <gasps> like before end of the year. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. Out, um, okay. okay. Very, very soon. I'm headed into the studio after this, actually, to wrap up one of them. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's coming, um, and just following us online is the best way to uh, stay in touch and see when those not live recordings come. But my band is incredible, so we sound okay live. They, they are. Re- oh my goodness! Have you heard Michelle? Have you heard Burnt Sugar? Bitch, they definitely so haven't good. heard the second one. But Michelle is on the YouTube. It's no, I've heard. I've. I feel like I've heard. No, you've said Michelle. You've said Michelle prior. No, Michelle. You performed. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was about shows. to say, I'm like, <laughs> I've heard Michelle. I feel no. like I've heard Michelle. Michelle's, um, it's on our YouTube. Okay, good. Okay. Michelle's on our YouTube. Let's talk about you, Miss Adriana. Let's talk okay. about your ascent to music. How did you get into this business? How did you um, say, hey, I was, I'm going to be a musician and I have this band, Girl Hazel, and this is, I'm going to be a full-time musician. Please talk about that. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a long story, of course. I'm, I'm sure everyone's story with this is always long and winding. But um, 
I think yes. as a kid, I was always drawn to music. Um, nothing really happened with it, though, until um, I got like a guitar as like a middle school graduation. Um, I got a guitar as a gift um, for my eighth grade graduation or whatever they call it. And uh, I just started learning and writing kind of instrumental songs. And I knew I liked music, but I didn't really understand how much I liked it until um, I went to my first concert, which was Paramore, um, a very iconic band for anyone that was growing up when uh, I grew up and still a very iconic band. For 2000s. Yeah. yeah a, a very iconic band for everyone. And I just remember I was having a terrible day. This was my first concert that I'd ever been to. I had like a headache. I was tired and just in a bad mood and then they started playing and I don't think I'd ever felt that good and I just immediately knew that this is what I want to do this is what I want to feel like all the time and that has never really shaken for me I've never I've never questioned it um I've been through a very rocky journey to get to my low level of success that I'm currently at as we will discuss <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I went on from that. Um, I started playing with local musicians just, you know, that I went to school with and, um, you know, just continuing to improve as a songwriter and playing with new musicians all the time. And it's it's just kind of been like a journey. And as I went along with my musical exploration, I started booking shows because I didn't know how to get them. So when I heard that a local venue was looking for interns to book shows I went okay I'm gonna figure out how to book shows let's learn gonna, yeah if I if I know how to book shows then I know how to get booked for them right that was my logic and so I kind of got drawn into the industry side of things too and I had a pretty lengthy career doing a million different jobs in the industry from festivals to you know um, record label stuff until I, I quit my job last month yeah. Yeah, so it, we'll, we'll get into it a little more, we'll but that, yeah. my, my musical yeah. career has always been marked by a bit of a balance between the industry side of things where I felt like I excelled for a really long time and then having to reassess my priorities and shift from being this industry person into just being the musician, which is the side of me that I always felt was stronger, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Did you feel like torn? between because I know you spend a lot of time in the industry position you know and did you feel torn between those two in during that time or what what happened in between those points where you just said I've got to fucking do this I can't be industry anymore I have to be the musician I mean you know absolutely I was torn there was so many jobs that I had that I loved and for a long time it was very fulfilling for me to go and book shows and just be surrounded by the bands that I loved instead of playing the shows with them. I was fine to just book them and go, oh, I created an amazing night of music or, um, you know, I think the, the biggest shift came when I started working on a record label because I was working I was working with all of these artists that were doing things on this high level that um, I wanted to be on and I was constantly getting inspired by all of the incredible artists that I was working with and it kind of raised to my attention that I could 
do that, that they had all kind of been in positions like me. And at some point they had to make a choice. What you were booking for, you could do. Yeah, I could, I could just be on the other side of it. And that, that was what I wanted to be on. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that I wasn't on the other side of it was that I was putting so much time and energy into this industry career, which while I loved was ultimately a distraction and did not make me as happy as, um, you know, just playing music and being a musician and pursuing my own art. I realized that I was creating art at a glacial pace because so much of my time was devoted to, you know, just doing a job, just having an industry job because you can't really work in the music industry doing small hours. If you want to be successful in it, you have, it's, you know, the, the office you were in there nine to six and after the office you were out at shows, um, which is an important part of any musician's education. But um, when you're out at a job all day and then, you know, three days, three to five days a week after work, you're at a show, not working on your own stuff. That really, really takes a toll on your creative energy and how much time you're able to put into your projects. Exactly. I want to talk about um, how your creativity suffered and how not just your creativity, but I want to talk about how your mental health really, um, I feel like because you and I, we had, we graduated from Cal Poly Pomona. This, was it the same year or was it? Yeah, we graduated together. You graduated the same year. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, I'm like, um, don't know. Don't want to assume. Um, but we graduated the same year and we graduated as bachelors of arts of music an extremely useful degree an extremely useful you. useful degree <laughs> from cal poly pomona with um love love that school fucking love that school y'all slay but um we graduated with an option music with an option um of music industry and i always felt because i was getting a degree in uh, i was getting this option of music industry I should go towards that option. Um, if I was trying to do Steel Maggie, right? If I was really trying to do Steel Maggie and if I was trying to be the best that I could motherfucking be, I would be in um, performance, right? But it's not what happened, you know? And um, I just really feel like I want to ask you, okay. what you know, did you feel a tear between what you had spent so much time to achieve and what you had, um, and your, your, your mindset toward that? I want to know, like, what real, how did you, um, I don't want to ask, how did you suffer? <laughs> I want to talk about that. I, I want, I want to hear, I want to hear the, um, the issues that really went on internally, you know, up here. So I think the biggest thing for me was that I'd never worked a conventional nine to five, right? Kind of, or in this case, nine to six job. I'd never worked something where you spent so many hours every single day. And I'd never worked something where the routine was so similar from day to day. That was right. all very new to me. And so it was a huge transition for me to go from being able to make as much time as I wanted for my art to just you know, having the set schedule and set times for creativity, which 
put a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, for some people that works great. And, you know, there's absolutely no wrong way to create art. So if that works for you, by all means, go ahead and set, you know, those specified times for you. But for me, it just didn't work. Um, And over the course of the year, I was just getting so tired. 2019. Yeah. (laughs) Over the course of the year that I was working at this label, um, I would just get so tired and I would come home and I'd want to create art, but I would feel like I couldn't. Fatigued. Yeah, I was fatigued. And this, the, decision to came, eh, the, the decision to leave really came from just the universe throwing an extremely unfortunate year my way. I had family losses. I had my childhood pets. Um, I had, you know, kids that I grew up with, kids that I went to school with. I lost a lot of people this last year. And that really forced me to put things into perspective and to reevaluate my priorities and really just have to prioritize my happiness because I felt like, and I'm coming around onto a more reasonable view of life and death, but I really- 2020. (laughs) Yeah, that's 2020. Um, But I came around to, I, I just had to start thinking about these things. And for the longest time, I really felt like all these people were dying around me all the time and that I could die anytime. And you don't have any control over when that's going to happen. And I just felt like I have to get on the right path. You know, I don't have any control over when I get to achieve my goals, but I have to be actively working towards meeting my goals because if I die right now, I'm not going to, I, I won't feel like I'm on the path. Like I won't feel like I was really trying to be happy or succeed in the things that I wanted to do. And I just felt like I need to get on onto this this path and start creating more art because that's the way that I want to live my life. And I was very fortunate that I had saved a lot of money and I was able to just quit and go full time for music, even though I'm not fully making up all my expenses yet. <laughs> I'm living yet. off of savings and yet. I'm very fortunate to be able to do that because it can LA is brutally expensive. It's nearly impossible to save. And I'm extremely, extremely lucky that I'm in a position where I can just make art for a while. And hopefully it works out, but I feel so good about it. <laughs> Sweetheart, it's, it's coming in this actually next month. I have a lot of work for y'all. <laughs> so, oh. so that's kind of like a little declaration right now. But <laughs> you heard her. that is you have heard me. It is a commitment. No, and it was it was a commitment like last week when we had this little tiny little tiny cute little meeting. Um, but um, I want to start talking about what it was like when you had no idea how your life would turn out. So let's rewind. I want to start talking about how you felt, you know, with, with the theme of this podcast, I want to know how you felt your mind was made wrong um, when you were, you know, in that space where you had no idea how the fuck your life was going to turn out now. Like, I know it's scary now, but you have a heart right now. You have a soul. You are so, like, focused into what you want to do. And that's what I want y'all right? I want y'all to be as fucking into it as this woman. But um, I feel very (laughs) off guard, like getting pointed at as an example of anything. (laughs) 
it will happen maybe a couple more times in this episode. <laughs> you guys caught me at a weird, weird time where I'm all about the art and it took a long time to get here. I've tried focusing on art before and I just didn't have it in me before. I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have the emotional energy to just go for it or I guess the lack of like yeah uh, not self-control the word I'm looking for is more like direction. self-preservation yeah. I'm I, I now lack that sense I, I lack that instinct to preserve myself and do the the safe thing and that that's worked out great for making art <laughs> I've just feel, been completely demolished by the year <laughs> I feel like you and I are actually kind of in a very similar position right now I still have a cushion job I am so wonderfully pri privileged to be employed by a studio um, that um, I teach at, um, voice and piano, and I also teach at this wonderful abode um, in my own studio. Um, but that's not what I, you know, you you guys know I'm fucking steel, Maggie. Like that's not that's I am I am looking towards um, a different mode of living in the future. Um, but with you, I, I almost got upset because I was like, I was like, you caught me at a weird moment. I'm like, excuse me, that's not a weird moment. That is that is a that is a real moment because um, you are really walking into your magic as a person. You're really walking into your creativity, you know, and your um, let it let's get it the fuck done. But let's do some actual. I don't know. Let's let, let's live some actual life while doing it, you know. Yeah. And and I feel like that is so inspiring. And I know I know I've, I've I've already told you this. Like she and I had a big conversation last week, but um, I felt like we just really um, I needed to capture it with you. And um, I've been thinking about it. I've genuinely been thinking about it all week. And I need to I need you to share with everyone. Um, how you got from your really hard moments, you know, when you were a teenager mm. and, um, to your, you, as you say, quote unquote, low level of success, but I don't feel like that's going to be very long after because it's going to be bigger, but how you got to this point where you feel like you are, you are actually literally stepping into your creativity and you are stepping into your creating beautiful things as we talk about on this podcast um let's talk about how you felt your mind was made wrong yeah. in the past and how you moved forward from that and how you got to today well um i'm on this podcast pretty much because um you know i've mental health has always been such an issue for me really um it's something that I'm still getting a handle on. Um, but basically, um, I've, I've been depressed for maybe half of my life now, right. I want to say. Um, I was, it took a long time just to realize what was going on with me because I, I never really understood what depression actually looked like. I mean, like a lot of people say this, but you see like the commercials with the great stuff and the sadness and I never identified with that. It never felt like that. It, it it didn't feel like it looked like that. That little, like, that face that they put up when they're, like, frowning <laughs> on the other side, but then they're, like, 
they have that like smiley face and it's like that is not it <laughs> yeah it it just didn't seem right so it took me a long time to realize that I was depressed and um especially because I'm a very social person when I'm around people I I can tend to shove that you know internal struggle back and you know it's not shown as well um, in social settings so it was really hard for my friends and family to identify that this was going on with me at all it really had to come from me you know recognizing it in myself and then having to go and find um, appropriate help and I just remember um, a couple of years ago I decided I, I needed help I couldn't ignore anymore that you know, most days I just kind of felt like I couldn't do anything but lay in bed held down by incredible immense weights. And so I finally talked to my parents about it. And, you know, they're incredibly, incredibly supportive people, but they aren't the most experienced when it comes to mental health. And so I remember having this moment where I had explained to my dad that I didn't feel good, that I was depressed. And he you know, he was trying to wrap his head around it and go, well, what happened? What, what went wrong to make you feel bad? Like, Mm -hmm. are there any bad things going on in your life right now? He, you know, he, he was trying to look for an immediate explanation for, you know, did someone like, did someone break your heart? Did someone do this to you? Are you getting bullied? Like, well, something like that. And I, couldn't give any explanation to him I just I had to confront in that moment that it's just how I feel it's coming from me it's not coming from any external factors you know when you're when you're depressed a lot of the times you can feel like well I'll feel better when this thing happens like all these little points of pain you can look at them and go well if I can fix that I'll be happy if I can fix this thing, I'll be happy. And unless you confront that, you know, for, I I understand depression is different for everyone, but for me, um, it goes beyond just the things happening in my life. If you were to remove all stress factors, I would still have to do some work on myself to just be happy. And in that moment, I had to admit, you know, it's not any of the things going on in my life that are making me feel this way it's just my mind is making me feel this way. And in that moment, I just felt like, you know, the expression my mind made wrong. I just felt like something is wrong with my mind that is causing me all this pain. And it doesn't have anything to do with any of the events in my life. Right. Okay. How did you get through? Um, How did, what was the there sometimes there's a pivotal point sometimes there's not um and that's what i think i feel like people really need to realize is that sometimes there's not going to be a you know there's not going to be a um sign from god you know there's not going to be a sign so it's it's been really a extremely up and down journey of just constant improvement. I I don't think there's ever been any specific moment where I had some big breakthrough and gone, okay, I'm doing better now. (laughs) It's there, there've been moments where I thought I was doing better now and then immediately followed by some dramatic crash. 
Um, but you know, progress is not linear. I think, um, it's, it's just been a journey of, you know, learning to reach out for help. When we went to Cal Poly Pomona, which, you know, is a wonderful school, they offer um, free counseling to their students. And I'd thought about it for a long time before I finally just went in and got an appointment. And I just went, you know, this help is available to me. It's literally free. I literally just have to go and ask for it. And I finally went in and I started counseling there. And I, I, I was about to graduate, so I didn't really have that much time getting um, help. But they, they kind of helped to treat me for anxiety. And I still fall back on some of the, the techniques and methods that they taught me to, to proceed and deal with my anxiety. And um, just learning that you can go and get professional help from, you know, professionals, people that work with people like you all the time and really just want to see you succeed and want you to, you know, kind of help, help you develop processes and better ways to deal with the way that your mind is. And, um, and realize it's not made wrong. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts are spinning it out of proportion, right. To make it feel that way, you know, and we have to really actually do the work to yeah. make it feel right you know it's, it's really it's really on us and yeah. um I want to talk about um your your most significant struggle today um when it comes to your mental health and when it comes to working in your career and when it comes to being a freelancer um which is bananas to me <laughs> I oh my god I'm, I'm moving into that space and it's absolutely bananas <laughs> it's for me, I'd say the biggest struggle right now is just figuring out where to draw the line in how much work you can pour into something before you need to take care of yourself, before you're too physically exhausted to do, you know, whatever you need to do. Um, it, when you're working in music, you're always kind of fed this, um, this mindset of, well, I have to work as hard as I possibly can at every single moment that I am physically able to work and you're supposed to work yourself into exhaustion because if you don't, then you won't make it whatever that's supposed to mean these days. Um, the idea is that you can't be successful at all unless you are pouring every single second of existence into your career. Existence. Which is yeah. a huge, a huge, huge myth because you're going to really, really mess yourself up doing that. Um, even if you you feel good about it sometimes. <laughs> um, so for me, it's just been learning to draw the line between working too much or giving myself too much slack because after a certain amount of, you know, giving yourself time off and giving yourself time to relax, you can feel guilty for not making art and that can spin out into a whole other issue. But um, you just need to know when you're physically exhausted. Um, for example, a couple months ago, we were tracking and I was having, you know, such a, a hard week. I was preparing to leave my job. Um, I think at that point I had already quit, but I was still going to work. Um, I, I had just put in my notice and I was still going to work. But after work, I would head to the studio to record, you know, late at night, really. And 
I would already be tired from working a full day. I was emotionally exhausted because, you know, I had had all these losses and there was, we were recording the same week that I had attended a funeral. And for some reason, I thought I could do it, that I would be able to emotionally and physically handle being, you know, driving back home to San Diego to deal with these personal events. And I, I thought I'd be able to handle all of this whiplash commuting and going to work and just going and recording because that's also work too. It's a lot of work. It's fun and it's rewarding, but it's a lot of work. And I was trying to track vocals, which is always pretty much always difficult, especially it's the most. Yeah. It's the most emotionally um, yeah, your body taxing part. Your your body is an instrument, yeah. and your body is very very sen- it, It's one hundred percent connected to your mind and the way that you're feeling. And so I just was trying to track these vocals, and everyone around me could tell that I was just getting caught up in something, and that it was just getting worse. We had hit the turning point where I was freaking out about it and was not willing to admit that to anybody else. And then I finally, um, like my uh, bandmate Sonia Moral, ended up just saying, "Like, hey, do you do you want to not track tonight? You can you can take the night off. We can pick this up another time. There's there's more studio time. We're very very lucky in that um, several of our members work at studios and we're able to get." you know, free use of a studio. So it's not like I was under any pressure to get my money's worth or get it done or anything like that. There was nothing on the line. It was just, I had to be willing to let myself take that break. And they said, you can take that break. And it finally took just hearing someone saying, you're allowed to take time for yourself for me to, to go and just give myself the little bit of breathing space that I needed to emotionally recenter and get things done. 